When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have firsthand experience. Mosquito marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshals online at mosquitomarshals.com. Mosquito Marshals, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshals. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Back with me is Colin Brister. At Colin Brister. My thanks to Bunky Perkins for joining me for an hour on Tuesday. It's tough out here in these content streets. It's tough. We're just pulling stuff out of our butts. It's what we're doing. <laughs> but there is some news, some basketball news. Ole Miss signed two players on Wednesday officially. Unofficially, they signed three. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Got Johnny Brown, former Ole Miss safety, coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line. But first, Colin, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, just just living this quarantine life. It's it's getting like the first few like weeks I was okay, and now I'm just getting antsy. I need some I need some sports in my life. Um, I, I played the show. I played a 19 inning Diamond Dynasty game last night just to feel something. Oh, that's fun though. Yeah, yeah. 
it was one to one. We but I had I had Kershaw starting, and then I brought in you Darvish, and both of them threw like eight innings, and then he had like Chris Sell and Max Scherzer. It wasn't fair. Yeah, it's not fair. Have you <laughs> spent your stimulus check yet? I I haven't gotten it yet. Uh oh. Did you not do your taxes on time? Yeah, I did. That's what's crazy. I I did. Uh, still haven't gotten it. Okay. When you did your taxes, did you have direct deposit from the IRS or did you just get a check sent to you for a return? I, I, okay, so here's the little bit of an issue. I did my taxes about the middle of March, so I haven't even gotten – well, probably the end of March. I haven't gotten a tax refund check yet, but I did direct deposit. Yeah, you should be getting your stimulus check pretty soon then. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'll spend it on. Man, there's nowhere to go. I'll probably have to buy something online. It was pretty nice. I woke up, I guess it was yesterday, maybe the day before. All the days are running together. That's the biggest yeah, yeah, problem yeah. for me. <laughs> Earlier today, I had to convince myself it is not Friday. It is not Friday. It is Thursday. <laughs> but it was tough. It was tough to uh, try to remember what day it was. But I woke up, checked my account, $3,400. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. 500 yeah. apiece for my two girls. They're worth something. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> And then twelve hundred piece for me and Emily. I was pretty pumped. <laughs> but then, of course, the first thing I did was once I got some time to myself, which is really hard to do in quarantine when we're all isolated to our house, and I've got three girls in the house. But I finally got some time to myself. And what do you think I did? I immediately went and figured out which TV I would buy if I wanted to replace the one in my office. There you go. There you go. See, I was thinking about a TV too because I'm moving. Uh, into an apartment with, with two friends and we don't, I, th- I mean, I've got a big TV, but I'd rather prefer it be in my room. So I'm thinking about buying one for the living room. See, I screwed up. Uh, this is a great way to start this podcast, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? We're all in quarantine. You're hanging out, having a conversation with me and Colin and soon to be Johnny Brown. So here's my story. <laughs> Not too long ago, I had a great office in my house, but we decided Riley needed to finally sleep in her own bed, Gracie in her own bed, us in our bed. So I converted my office into the playroom that had otherwise been what Riley's room was going to be. Still with me? You're right, right. Uh, Okay. We have a very thin, nice little room, but a thin laundry room. I converted that to my office. My old office is now the playroom, and we have this huge, massive closet. So I turned half of it, which was my half, and I don't have very many clothes. If any of y'all have been around me, Colin's been around me. I wear the same stuff over and over and over. I'm terribly unstylish. I really need someone to just send me links. Ben, buy this. This is outfit one. This is outfit two. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to look like a fat slob. Uh, ben, come on. You know as well as I do, you would you would wear uh, shorts, flip-flops, and a Hawaiian shirt to, to meet your press conferences, even if they did. I don't wear Hawaiian shirts. You got half of that right, or two-thirds <laughs> of that right. I've never worn Hawaiian shirts. I do wear pullovers. I do wear the same shirts, collared shirts. I used to wear those Columbia fishing shirts. Okay, that's what I was getting at. Well, I haven't worn one of those in three years. Still, people bring that up. Chase brings it up. Patrick Oaks, if I talk to him, he brings it up. I don't wear fishing shirts anymore. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. We're already off topic. Doesn't matter. But anyway, so I have this now converted laundry room as my office. And in my playroom, though, still hangs on the wall my beautiful 50-inch flat screen. But mm. the girls never watch TV in there. So I keep staring at this beautiful 50-inch TV that has been through so much with me, and I can't even watch it because <laughs> it can't fit in my now office. So all I can think of 
outside of getting angry is, okay, you now have a little bit of money that you can tuck away all of what you need to to be responsible, but take about 300 bucks and go get you a 43-inch 4K. I need a good gaming TV. That's what I need. There you go. There you go. How many times did uh, did you cuss the Braves on that 50-inch TV? Oh, so many times. We've been through <laughs> so much together. The best TVs in my house, I don't get to watch. Ooh, that's a tough one. It's tough. Gracie I'm had the flu. Stop. Gracie had the flu like a month and a half ago. And she had a very small little TV that I had back, man, I guess when I was in New Orleans straight out of college. It was one of the very first little flat screen kind of deals. Mm-hmm. And she had that in her room. But she was quarantined to her room for a week at least as she dealt with the flu. And we tried to keep her away from Riley. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make her life a little better. I went and bought her a Hensense, I think, flat screen Roku TV. She loves it. But that should have been mine. (laughs) But I gave it to her because I love her. My beautiful, massive 65-inch. That's in the den. My other great 50-inch. That's in um, our bedroom. And Emily watches it. I don't have the good TVs. So well, maybe well, this stimulus check is for me to splurge just a little, just a little. I, I feel like, it, it, yeah, you, you got to get you a TV, but I feel like you got a little bit of time because where are you going to watch on it right now? Yeah, but I'm going to game. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. When That's I do true. get a little bit of time to myself, I play the show or I play NBA 2K. I've actually started playing NCAA Football 14 again on my PS3. So I need okay. a better TV. I have a nice little flat screen Samsung, but the picture's not great. I need it to tilt down. It just uh, it's not working for me. It's not working. It's not. Working. I had a discussion. Does NCAA? All right, let's pretend they don't make another video game. Does at some point that become like an antique and you could sell it for like a lot of money? Because I think you might could. No, because the new system coming out, the PS5, will be reverse compatible. Like the P- okay. PS3. Um, or excuse me, the PS4 is not reverse compatible. So you can't play those old games on a PS4. PS5, you can do whatever game, play whatever game on the PS5. So no, people have access to it. It'll be more fun if they never come out with another game. They will at some point. I don't know if you and I are going to be alive to see it, but they will. They'll come out with something. But in God, I hope so. Yeah, with the PS5, there's just going to be better rosters. People are going to be just uploading new rosters into the roster vault. We're off topic. It's quarantine. It's hard. It's um, boring. It's Groundhog's Day. Johnny Brown coming up in just a minute. But I thought to start, because I got a DM or a mention on Twitter asking about what's going on in Ole Miss sports. I need a fix. I haven't been really keeping up. Well, not a lot, but Ole Miss (laughs) has offered a bunch of dudes in football. I wrote a story about Walker Howard, a four-star 2022 quarterback, the ninth quarterback offered for that class, just that class. They've also offered a wide receiver. You can check out those stories on the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, the website that I write for. Basketball signed two players on Wednesday. The transfers, Domencio Vaughn and then Sanford's Robert Allen. But they also signed one more. High school three-star Marcus Nyblack out of Florida. The thing with Marcus Nyblack is that he has academic work to do. So he is unofficial. And that academic work is pretty significant, but still interesting that it wasn't two, it's three. Because if they do get all three of those guys on campus, that's two spots they got to open up. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. Uh, you know, I, I mean, let's just talk it out. Joyner's taking Brian's spot. Morell's taking uh, Carlos Curry. Um, who, who am I? And then uh, Vaughn is taking uh, 
Franco's, and now you've still got two more guys. You got two more guys have got to go if both of those guys show up, right? Devontae is staying. That's one thing that yeah. we considered as far as a possibility because Kermit, in his first public discussion about returning players earlier this month or late last month, again, all the days are running together. Can't remember. He finally mentioned Devontae after not mentioning him initially. We said to ourselves, or on this podcast, we don't know if that's necessarily um, a mistake. You know, It's not like it's an oversight. We thought there had to be a little bit of intention with that. No, Devontae Shuler's going to be back. As far as Kermit Davis is concerned, he's operating as if Devontae's going to come back. He's had good conversations with him, good text messages, keeping up with him in quarantine. He's operating as if he's coming back. Okay, well, that takes away a pretty easy spot to create in your brain because you think okay Devontae's been trying to leave for two years he's going to go play in Europe have a good pro career whatever but that opens up a spot well now he's coming back it's not so obvious you start to look at guys like dude column who after that nice little stretch towards the end of the year was benched because Kermit wasn't necessarily pumped with his effort and practices his attitude Bryce Williams becomes a guy that you have to think about because Bryce as a JUCO senior, didn't really bring you much last year, and JUCOs are not recruited to sit. Kind of reminds you of a Zach Naylor or a Brian Hallams. They only played one year. They dropped down a level. Now they're balling out at D2s or JUCOs. Well, not JUCOs, but D2s. Yeah. So Bryce Williams could do that. But outside of those two guys, where else are you going? Because I doubt, seriously, that Kermit Davis gives up on Sammy Hunter after a year. He ain't giving up on Sean Robinson after a redshirt year. So who else would actually be on the chopping block, so to speak? I don't think there is. Um, My question becomes, Ben, um, I don't think they're done, though, right? Because let's just look. Let's play this out. Nye Black gets eligible. Um, At that point, you have to honor a scholarship, I figure. Uh, and, And you've already got to cut one other person. But it doesn't sound like Kermit's done recruiting. So what if they sign another person and then Nye Black gets eligible? You've got to cut somebody that I don't really think you wanted to have to cut. So I, I think here's a possibility, maybe not likely, but a possibility. It gets beyond uh, Miller or not. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce Williams, I'm sorry, and, and uh, uh, Dude Column. I think it, there's a possibility that happens. I do too. Actually, I think it's more likely than not. Oh, but wow. this is assuming that Marcus Nyblack is going to get qualified, which we don't know. But it surprised sure. me because we talked to Kermit Davis on Thursday morning, and he said, yeah, we signed Marcus Nyblack, and that was news to me. It was news to, I'm sure, everybody else. Now, he'd been committed, but I didn't know if they would necessarily sign him on signing day because now you have to honor that scholarship if he does get qualified. And I know they're in deep on Landers Nolly, the number one sit-out transfer from Virginia Tech, according to ESPN. He's an instant impact guy because here's the number one thing that all these coaches are operating with right now. Typically, a Landers Nolly from Virginia Tech, they're sit-out transfers. They'd have to sit out at least one year due to NCAA rules. Well, the NCAA in April is going to vote, is expected to vote, on allowing all of these kids that transfer a one-time penalty-free transfer. If that happens, that changes the game because now Robert Allen's eligible to play immediately. Landers Nolly. So you could look at Ole Miss's starting lineup if they were to land Landers Nolly and have Landers, Demencio Vaughn, and Robert Allen all potentially in your starting lineup. That's three of your starting five because you're not going to turn down Landers Nolly. I mean, his offer sheet is insane. 
He just didn't. He thought he was playing out of position last year at Virginia Tech. He wants to be a wing. That's why he's transferring. But you look at the numbers. He's an impressive kid. You don't turn him away. You just don't. Look, I'm putting you on the spot here, and I get it. What What do you look at after Bryce Williams and and Dude Collum? What What I mean, I, I don't like doing this, but I think it's possibility. What What do you think's next after those two? All right, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. Yeah, but absolutely. you got to have it. Okay, so Landers Nolly has three years remaining. Mm-hmm. So the first place I go to, because Landers is a wing, Demencio is a two, can play the wing, Blake is a wing, Luis Rodriguez had oh, two man. serious injuries last year. He was injured as a freshman. So you have to be concerned about the durability of Luis Rodriguez. Will he even come back and be the player you thought he was going to be after the foot injury? Is he that player that can give you value again? Because if he isn't that guy... It's a cutthroat business. Kermit Davis has to win. He went to the NCAA tournament in his debut year. His second year, they're two games under 500. And despite making it to the NCAA tournament in year one, Ole Miss fans, some of them, not all of them, but some Ole Miss fans are already saying, Kermit's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. (laughs) So if that's the response after that year, and I know expectations were high, you really don't have or aren't afforded the opportunity to be the nice guy and honor a Luis Rodriguez if he can't help you. Now, I don't know where Luis might be or is in his recovery, in his rehab. He might be further along. He might be fine. But that's where my brain goes first because outside of him, you're not getting rid of Sean. You're not getting rid of Sammy Hunter. You're not getting rid of Hadeem, Devontae, definitely not Jarkel, KJ, Blake. Where else do you go? You're not getting rid of Austin Crowley. You don't go from last year saying, that Austin Crowley has the potential to be the best signee that Kermit Davis has ever gotten to, okay, he's cut and he's gone. Luis no, Rodriguez is the only guy that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think my other thought process, not a hate put this out there, was was maybe Blake Henson, but I don't I don't think that Kermit loves that kid as much as he wants to kill him sometimes. Oh, he uh, loves Blake Henson. Yeah. Loves much- that would shock me. That would shock me more than Devontae. That would shock oh, wow. me more than KJ. That would shock me. Like, Hadeem wouldn't shock me. I don't think it's going to happen. They need Hadeem. But it wouldn't shock me like Blake Kinson would shock me, knowing how much or knowing how much I know about how Kermit loves that kid. Yeah, the only reason I said that is because he he, play, he can play the three and they're kind of loaded there if you were to land Landers Nolly. Um, so I kind of feel like it would come out of that. But he's position. not a three. Because if you well, look at Blake's body of work, he couldn't guard the three last year. We got to remember that he missed the entire offseason and four games into the season because he had a blood abnormality. He didn't get to do anything physical on the court for months on end. Didn't even get to pick up a basketball. So, Blake, you kind of want to give him a mulligan for last year. But he was playing so many minutes, it's kind of hard to do that. Blake yeah. was not a good defensive player, period, but he was terrible guarding the three. He was actually okay okay-ish guarding the four the problem is he doesn't have four ability as far as how he plays he wants to shoot threes and only shoot threes he he can do it he's got the capability to do it he just won't do it <laughs> that's a good way to put it um so yeah I mean, it's it that's a tough situation now in saying that a lot of things have to go right for you to get down into that road right like Marcus Neblack has to get eligible, which I, I don't want to say is a long shot, but it feels 
I don't know if you made me guess today, I, I would probably say that he doesn't. And then you have to land Landers Nolly, which you said is, is certainly possible, but it, he also has an offer from what seems like every other power five school in the country. The problem with Marcus Nyblack is I would have said, oh yeah, they just won't honor that scholarship. They won't add him, but you signed him on Wednesday and you don't sign a kid. If you don't have an idea about where this is potentially going, I think they feel as if Marcus Nyblack is closer to qualifying than not. Okay. And Kermit said on Thursday morning, we believe, or we have been told potentially in our evaluation, whatever, that he is potentially the best senior guard in Florida. I don't know what I think about that. <laughs> the best senior guard in Florida. Well, there are not many senior guards left. It's one state. I, I don't know. If you look at the <laughs> offer sheet, I could understand then why he doesn't have many offers if he's not going to be getting academically eligible. But if he yeah. does have a chance and you signed him on Wednesday, which tells me that you feel like he has a better chance than not, then the offer sheet looks a little different because other schools aren't going to be so blind if a good player becomes available academically not to chase after that kid. Hey, Ben, I wonder, and, and we're getting a little bit off topic here, but we're talking from an academic standpoint. These kids aren't in school. I wonder how that changes academics for high school kids that are trying to get qualified. Um, because you can't really, I don't know if schools are really giving folks grades right now. So I just wonder how that plays into everything as far as getting academically eligible. Well, what does he have to do? I think if it's passing classes, that's not really a problem because everybody's taking classes online. My seven-year-old daughter is doing first grade online. That's not the problem. The problem is if it's an SAT thing, an ACT, SAT thing. You're talking to an ACT prep teacher here. The answer is that, uh, the test was scheduled to go online in September, but they are considering doing it early because of the coronavirus. Well, if you're Marcus Nyblack, if that's your problem, I don't know. It'd be irresponsible to say, I, right. know. I don't know. But if you're somebody like him or whoever that has that problem, it's got to be earlier than September. Otherwise, you're not going to be getting qualified. No, 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 no. It's the same thing with football players, too. A lot of these football players were expected to take their SAT, ACT, get their score, and enroll in May. Now, nobody's enrolling in May, but that was the expectation that they would take their SAT again or ACT in the spring and then get qualified for May, June. But now, that's off the table. You're saying that no one's taking those tests right now, right? No, I think the ACT was planning on moving the online test on September. I have heard that they are considering doing that as early as June now. Yeah, it still makes it a little bit complicated, though. Oh, absolutely, because now you got to wait two to three weeks, I think, to, to still get your test results back. There's no way to find out outside of asking Marcus Nyblack and him telling you, which ain't going to happen, Right. what he's got to do academically. If that's the case, by June, you should know something on other guys. And it's not just Landers Nolly that they continue to recruit. It's that kid from Minnesota. He's a guard. That's what's yeah. been so bizarre to me, and, and not because I'm questioning the strategy. It's just the math has to make sense in my head. Now, the numbers always work themselves out in recruiting. That's the number one thing you always got to remember. The math always works itself out. But it's hard to see how it works out if you're continuing to add guards, and Devontae's coming back, and Jarkel's, of course, going to be there. Matthew Morrell from the fall, four-star guard. Where does the math make sense? I don't know. If you continue to recruit guards and – if, as expected in April, the NCAA allows all of these transfers, even the sit-out guys, a one-year penalty-free transfer, because then they're all immediately eligible, then why are you oh. still recruiting guards? On if that one NCAA, of your guards isn't leaving. 
on that NCAA rule, is that just for this year because of the virus, or would that be a full-time thing? No, like I said, one time because of the virus, one time penalty-free. Okay, I, I just didn't know if you meant one time as in like kids could transfer one time uh, penalty-free, or if this would just be in effect because of the virus. But that, it, that It's just sense. the virus. Gotcha. The virus has uh, upended everything. Well, they should they should consider doing that on a full-time basis, too. Well, of course, but they won't. And here's the interesting <laughs> thing, too, about that uh, transfer ruling, potentially. Other guys are going to become available. It'll be late, but other right. guys will become available. And transfers, they don't have to adhere to this whole May 31 signing deadline. They don't have to. South Carolina, a couple years ago, they added guys in August. Because they're transfers. They can do what they want. And reclassifying guys, they don't have to sign by May 31st. That could be real for football too, right? You That's get, not a spring sport. Okay, I didn't know. It, so it won't apply for football. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. Well, oh, if it applied to football, that's free agency. Oh man, <laughs> I love the idea of free agency in college football. Can you imagine the schools coming in to, like during the middle of the year to recruit Matt Corral last year? It'd be like Harbaugh coming to IHOP and recruiting <laughs> Shay. Poor Shay, man. Talk uh-huh. about a fall from grace. The kid's a good kid. It's his dad that sucks, and his brother. Well, he he did try to take a half of Old Miss's roster to Michigan with him. Well, like three guys. <laughs> considering the talent level, I was about half the roster. Van Jefferson. No, it was four. Van Jefferson. Greg Little. Greg Little, Javon Patterson, and uh, the safety that went to Houston. Deontay. Deontay. Yeah. He got put in the ground in Baton Rouge that one time, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was – was it Fournette that ran over him? Fournette just ended him. Because there's a meme out there now. Not a meme. Not a meme. A a gif out there now of that play – and Fournette runs over Deontay, and <laughs> Deontay disappears, and a gravestone <laughs> pops up. Great. I have never seen a team be that bad on defense. Uh, LSU ran for like 400 that night. See, that was the worst part about that team, is no matter what game they were going into, you knew that defensively they weren't going to stop anybody from running the ball. So offensively, you thought, okay, can they outscore this team? And more often than not, they could not. I have a little bit of trouble putting all that on Dave Womack. I, I don't know if I, I believe that so much. But here's the thing, though. The talent wasn't that bad. But Mike McIntyre showed that the talent wasn't that bad. Historically bad. Ole Miss still wasn't a very good defensive team last year. But the bar was so low. 80, 70s. That was a drastic improvement. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, because you, you sit there and watch 12 games, you're like, this defense isn't good, but compared to what I've seen the past three years, they're the 90, they're the Bears. You yeah, know? <laughs> you were fine with it because of how bad the defenses were that came before them. But the talent wasn't all that different. But basketball has um, certainly a number of roster questions. I don't know how Kermit's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Um, I wanted to bring this up. Another basketball note. We never talk about women's basketball because I don't cover women's basketball. But David Johnson, real quick on David Johnson before I get to this point, came off the ventilator yesterday, Tuesday, the days are running together, making some progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. His wife, since we've been recording, actually posted it on Facebook, said that uh, he this morning he had already had physical and ox- occupational therapy, uh, said they're waiting on the speech therapist to see him. Um said he's starting to answer questions by nodding his head and they've turned on ESPN in his room and they're sure he's thinking of his next story idea by watching it. I miss my friend, (laughs) man. I can't wait for him to come back. It's going to be a long, long process for him. That's awesome. 
And I know, too, that he's been mumbling a little bit, but he's been aware. He stood up, and he got a standing ovation from the people in the hospital when he did it. It was a cool thing. It's a really cool thing. He usually covers women's basketball. Him and Coach Joe have a great relationship. I don't, but I did Wednesday night because we had to put it up. It was a big deal. You saw this. Coach Joe gets a commitment or secures the transfer of Maryland transfer Shakira Austin. And this player was coveted by everybody, the best transfer potentially in the country. And it adds to a class that ranks number one in the SEC and number 13 in the nation by ESPN. Five-star prospects also included in the class. And if I mess up the names, I'm sorry. Jekariah Bracey, Madison Scott, Snuda Collins, Caitlin McGee, and they added a Juco sharpshooter also on Wednesday. And this is a team, remember, that was 7-23 and 23 a year ago. They lost every one of their 16 SEC games. Look, there, there was a lot of criticism of Yo because they, they would just get blown out every single day. I don't think people fully understood what she took over. She took over a program where, I'm, I'm sorry, it, it, people may be friends with him. Matt Enzel had run it in the ground after Adrian Wiggins did what he did. Um, Enzel was not good, and he had he had verbally berated a lot of the kids that had given up on the program. When she got there, there was very very little talent. She was actually pretty good her first year, and then last year they just got injured and beat up, and they just didn't have any talent. They'd have the talent to compete, but give this woman a year or two and look at how she's recruiting before we gauge what kind of coach she is. I, I know what the results are, but the SEC Women's Basketball League is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, in the country. I get she went 0 and 16. I get they scored two points and a half. I, I, I get they didn't play extremely well at times last year. All signs kind of indicate that she's doing a pretty good job. She also has an opportunity because Vic Schaefer is going to Texas. That's uh that's a bigger deal. If if you're a fan of women women's basketball, it's probably being made out to be. Um, that's a huge deal. That opens up the state to recruit because because you're you're going to struggle to recruit if you're Ole Miss and and Vic Schaefer's running that program like like he had been. Um, they were just, you know, not they weren't locking up the state, but they oh, were, yes, they were, yes, they were. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough. It's completely and, anecdotal, but I remember when I went to cover Dude Column and DJ Jeffries as freshman at Olive Branch, and in the same night, also covered Maya Taylor of Olive Branch. Yeah, five star player, ESPN. Parents both had one of them at least, I think, went to Ole Miss, but had a good relationship with Ole Miss for a while. But Matt Insel didn't even recruit her. Yeah, I, I could tell Enzel's story for days, but I won't. Um, Vic Schaefer <laughs> recruited her, but not Matt Insel. You wonder why Matt Insel failed? That's just a good anecdotal reason why. But Coach Show yeah. doing some good work. That's the Ole Miss sports up-to-the-minute updating quarantine. Football-wise, not a lot to talk about. A bunch of offers going out. Go to the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. You'll read all about those offers. Ole Miss football did pick up a commitment from four-star wide receiver Adoni Mitchell. That's a big deal. Yeah, four-star wide receiver picks Ole Miss. The sky's blue. Ah, oh, God, every single recruiting cycle. Four-star wide receiver. He's the fourth <laughs> commitment for 2021. So Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy doing work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, he's done a really good job from a recruiting standpoint. He, this 2021 class, it's essential. It's, it's got to be pretty high up there. It's got to fill some needs, and I think you got to add a good bit of talent too if you want to if you want to do some things at Ole Miss. So, uh, good start to that class for sure. Especially when you didn't quite close like you wanted to in twenty twenty. 
It's an understatement. Yeah. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, doesn't matter what you say, as long as you leave a five-star review. I also write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. You can find Talk of Champions in SoundCloud, Spotify. Coming up now on the Modern Woodman phone line, former Ole Miss safety Johnny Brown. But first, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line. Former Ole Miss safety Johnny Brown. Johnny, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on now? How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. Tell the people what you're doing these days. Uh, well, I'm the district manager for Pepsi over here in the Greenwood area, over here in the Delta. Basically, man, we just making sure our workers are safe, going out checking, making sure they have a proper PPE to stay safe out here and keep the shelf for, for our customers. Now, that's the way to do it because it's crazy out there. At Ole Miss, not so much because it's boring. Nothing's going on. Former Ole Miss safety here in Johnny Brown. It's been 10 years since you played, man. 10 know, years, man. Johnny. That's crazy. It has, man. It's been, a, it's been a fast 10 years, man. What do you remember about your playing career? What always sticks out to you? Because people are going to ask you, Johnny, you played at Ole Miss four years. What's your greatest memory? What do you tell them? Partying. No, nah, I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, my, <laughs> my teammates, man. I miss those guys. I keep up with a few a few guys, man. We, we all so busy going here and there. You know, everybody have families and all that stuff. So it's kind of hard, but it's a few guys I keep up with. I miss the fans, miss the atmosphere. Can you still put on some pads and go play if you needed to? Oh, man, when you're God-given, it don't leave overnight, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, looking back at your career, it's really interesting because your freshman year, you're in the last year with Ed O when he got fired. Let's start first with Ed O. When Ed Orgeron comes to Charleston and is sitting in your living room trying to recruit you, what was that like? Man, the energy. The energy was like like no other coach. It was like 
it was mad energy when he came in the room. It was all love. So immediately I fell in love with that. What all schools were pursuing you at the time? Because I remember you're like a top 300 guy in the country, and Mississippi State wanted you. Ole Miss obviously wanted you. Who else? Who all was really coming for you, and why did Ed O went out for you? Uh, man, Memphis, uh, Southern Miss, and uh, Alabama, man. That's when Nick just got back to Alabama, so he was basically taking the best, you know, around the surrounding states. So he was very, very blunt. He said, man, I played 19 freshmen last year. If you can play, I don't mind playing freshmen. And I was like, okay, let's go. The Mississippi State game happens, and everyone was expecting Ed O to get another year, and then that Mississippi State game happened. Did y'all kind of know that it was over for him? If I can remember right, I don't even think he rolled back on the bus with us. So no, I kind of, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't think he uh, rolled back with us. So we kind of knew then. What was the reaction from the team? It was it was mixed feelings because we had a few guys on the team that were, you know, wasn't really fond of hard work. But for me, I ain't gonna lie, man, I was devastated. He was always straightforward. When Houston Nutt is hired for you, was there a little bit of more hesitation as far as accepting him immediately? To be honest, I, I don't think I ever accepted him. I just dealt with him. Wow. What was he like? A politician. The bad part about him, I don't really want to say on record. I don't I don't want to speak bad to anyone. Oh, I get that. I get that. Of course, I would jump in happily with you if you wanted to just jump all over Houston Nutt. But anyway, that, those teams, during Ed Orgeron's time, a lot of us talked about how talented those teams were. Y'all just needed some competency at head coach to maximize the potential of the roster. Look across the board. A bunch of NFL players. You, I think, were playing right beside Kendrick Lewis, right? I was, and Jamarker. The thing was, with that situation, it was all for each other. So that override, you're feeling for another person because I got my guys out here I'm ready to go to war with. And to be honest about the situation, I think they got rid of O a little too fast because, as you've seen, once O recruits start to leave, the program started to go, in, go down with Houston Nutt when he brought his guy in. Oh, there's no doubt about it. That's one of the biggest what-if moments in Ole Miss history. And I think something that's really interesting about y'all's group, y'all had to learn to win in that first year under Houston Nutt. Y'all were just waiting for a good outcome in a close game. And once y'all got that outcome in Arkansas, y'all took off from there. Do you kind of see that too? Most of our seniors, I know a couple of our seniors came from uh, South Florida, man. And those guys are used to winning. And so when, once they came, time for them to be leaders, they had a winning attitude. What was the celebration like when y'all beat Texas Tech? Uh, man, it was unreal, man, because the whole country doubted us. So, you know, we, we had a chip on our shoulder going into the game. We wanted to prove everyone wrong. Y'all fell behind pretty significantly, but what was the turning point, do you remember? When did you know that, okay, we, we got this team? I think Marche took one to the house on a pick six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what got us back in the game, man, because that, that game, we knew that the Big 12 ran a lot of zone defense. So we was like, man, looking at film, match, match up for match up. The best thing about that group, man, we all played together, man. We all communicated. Communication is one of the best key points of a good defense. And we, we had no problem with communicating. We'll probably meet up sometime and go over coverages and all that good stuff, man. When you come out to the SEC, man, you go play in the Big 12, man. It's really a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah, Michael Crabtree, you can say all you want to, but once you line up, that's kind of when uh, everything's proven, right? Exactly. We manned up. We didn't put no, we didn't put a safety over top of him anything, man. Our guy's better than him. You only had a good season because you was in the Big 12, man. If you've been in the SEC, it's been a whole different ball. Both our corners could match up with him. Whoever side he went on, man, we just locked him up. You go into 2009, and I've talked about this before, all the expectations on Jevin, God rest his soul, 
and that team was expected to be a national championship contender. When you lose to South Carolina, what was that? I know that hurt. Like? Yeah. To be honest, man, if it wasn't for the senior leadership, man, that season would have went downhill. But for us, man, we had guys like Kendrick Marseille to kind of rally the troops, man, and tell her, hey, look, man, we've been through this before, and we can get through it. Because y'all rebounded and got to the Cotton Bowl, and I think that was the same season Dexter ran all over Tennessee, right? Yeah, it was. Ran wild. Yeah. And it helps to have a person like Dexter, too, on offense. <laughs> well, the thing that always bothered me, if we're going to be critical of Houston Nutt, which I'm totally okay with because I love to be critical of Houston Nutt, is that – he started that year with Dexter as a slot wide receiver slash backup running back. That dude should have been a running back from day one. That's what I was around recruiting to be. That's another story. Did he run against y'all in practices before he would move there full time? Man, you know, Dexter was undersized, so we would limit out his reps in practice because of that. You know, no sense of beating up what you got going on. He's another one, though, man. Him and Marche, man, when you talk about heart, you have to mention them too, man. So you're on the sideline, and you're watching Dexter run all over Tennessee. I mean, it didn't matter what they lined up against him. He was just running through them, away from them. They couldn't catch him. Them first three steps, man. I don't think no one has a first pass or first three steps in day. The last game of the regular season, though, losing to that Mississippi State team, a loss that I will never allow Kenshaw Lockett to live down. How? Man, looking over into the, uh, the Outback Bowl and overlooked State, and they snuck up on us, man. To be honest, man, that was a problem, man. We just wasn't – we overlooked them, didn't really take them serious. By it being a rivalry game, football is an emotional sport. They know they didn't have much to play for, so, hey, look, let's ruin these guys. Season. That's what they was playing for. Because the Cap 1 Bowl is where you go if you win that game. Y'all settled for the Cotton yep. Bowl, which is the friggin' Cotton Bowl. It's one of the best bowls in, in the country. But it still was somewhat of a disappointment. Was that win – for you, all your doubts you might have had about that staff or specifically Houston Nutt was kind of cemented like, okay, if this team couldn't be the one to go double-digit wins in the Cap 1 Bowl or a BCS Bowl, this could be a problem? <laughs> it was, man. And I think the problem with the problem with that was, man, is every Saturday, man. I tip my hat off to the team to go undefeated. It's hard to get you guys up every Saturday, man. You're not going to feel like playing ball every single Saturday. But it's beyond your paycheck, though. Jeremiah Masoli, one of the most underappreciated players, I think, in Ole Miss history because that team, without him, probably only wins two games. He basically gave Houston Nutt another year. He was that get-out-of-jail-free card for Houston Nutt. Do you kind of feel that way? Because Jeremiah, I think he fit in pretty seamlessly. You guys kind of loved that dude, didn't you? Good guy and very intelligent because to come in and learn the offense and you know that fast and know that you need to play and not only play, you need to perform. But with that much pressure on you, man, I tilt my hat to Jeremiah Masola, man. Real good dude, too, man. But how the hell did y'all lose to Jacksonville State? One, man, I think I dropped the interception that would have that saved us. I didn't so want to say it, Johnny. I didn't want to say it, man. No, nah, man. I'm my number one critic, so if I'm going to be critical to anyone, I'm going to be to myself. Hit me dead in my chest. I ain't had no excuse of dropping that one, man. I think really what poured salt in the wound of that game is Tig scoring the uh, game-winning two-point conversion. If we could have kept that guy, man. That's what I'm saying. Man, I'm smiling just raw. That's the rawest guy I've seen probably in my life. Just no conditioning. Says, hey, give me a football or put me on the football field, and I'm probably going to be better than half the guys out here. All right, last one. What's the relationship to Ole Miss now? That's family. I had a little cousin to go up there. He ended up having a little hiccups and stuff, so hopefully he'll get his head straight and come on back. DeAndre Prince, he's going to go to junior college and get his head straight and come back. He want, he want to go to junior college and get his head straight and come back. As a freshman, he flashed. He, I mean, that kid's got something. 
Bro, he a receiver playing DB. You going to make it up to a game anytime soon? When are we going to see you back around, man? Man, I'm trying to make every home game. My, my work schedule wouldn't allow me last year, but this year it's a little different. I'm trying to make every home game. Well, if there's a season, Johnny. <laughs> no doubt. You're right about that. I'm looking forward. I forgot about COVID-19, man. Ah, thank you for doing this, man. Stay safe. It's good catching up. And when you do come into town, hey, man, beer's on me, okay? I got you. I'm going to hold you to that, too. That was former Ole Miss safety Johnny Brown. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Colin Brister coming back in just a second. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, doesn't matter what you say, you know the deal. Leave a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. As we all deal with the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic, one thing we're all trying to do, make sure our dollar goes further than it ever has before. Well, good thing for you, if you're in the market for a new car, truck, or Jeep, Alan Samuels, they were already looking out for you financially to meet each and every one of your needs, whatever those needs may be. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. As communities across the world deal with the coronavirus pandemic, it has never been more important to have a pharmacy you can trust. And the only pharmacy for you in Oxford is Cheney's Pharmacy. Not only is Cheney's Pharmacy filled with supporters of Ole Miss Athletics, but more than that, Cheney's, a fixture in this Oxford community, offers you anything and everything you'll need in your pharmacy. From prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time, Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy, and that's important, locally owned that has been in Oxford over 40 years, and they provide the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. Or you can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at ChaneysePharmacy.com. Right now, each and every one of us have our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. This is Talk of Champions. Back with me now, Colin Brister. Football-wise, when the season starts, we don't know. It ain't going to start in September. Bunky and I talked about it at length on Tuesday. You've been reading all this stuff. What do you think about it? I think it's extremely, I don't want to say optimistic because I don't think that's the right word. I think it's maybe disingenuous to think that they're going to play football in front of no fans for a myriad of reasons. It just, I mean, how do you, first of all, let's kind of dive into it. I don't think you can sell that, hey, it's okay for these, you know, 170 players, uh, 85 on each team to go sweat and bleed all over each other, but it's not safe for, you know, people to come watch them. Um, I don't think people understand that uh, Miami of Ohio is not making a large amount of dollars off TV revenue. Um, so they have to have fans. I, I just don't think there is a setting where you can play football in front of nobody and sell that it's safe to do so. I want to clear up one thing. Darren Rovell's an idiot, and he's yes. absolutely wrong that 90% or whatever his outrageous percentage 
of revenue in college football comes from gate. It doesn't. Ole Miss, I think it's like 35%. Don't hold me to that. If you're in the SEC, if you're an SEC team, a lot of your revenue is coming from bowl sharing, the SEC network and SEC games, and all your games being on TV. Still, these games cannot be played without fans. Even if it's only 30, 35, 40, 45%, that's still not 30, 35, 45% that these schools are willing to just give up. In 2017, Ole Miss generated 27 million, over 27 million in revenue. How much of that do you think was football? 20 of it. Over 24 million of it was football. And they sucked. And I know y'all love baseball and y'all love basketball, baseball more than basketball. Baseball doesn't generate any revenue. If you want to really get into this, Ben, I actually looked at these numbers last night because I asked somebody a question. So I went and dug up Ole Miss's athletic budget for 2019. I could be looking at this wrong. Basketball lost money last year. I don't know how that happened, but they lost money. I don't feel like a lot of programs in, in Power Five lose money on basketball. No, it wasn't a substantial amount. It was like $100,000. But I just felt like most Power Five schools made money off of it. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. Football makes the money oh, for killing. all of these schools. And they're not going to sacrifice a 30% gate just so they can have games. They'll just move the season to a time in which they can play the games. There's not going to be a season of just eight SEC games either. Because nope. then you get to logistically how you figure out who are the playoff teams, who are the national championship contenders. There's no way to determine those things well, with just playing conference schedules. You have to have those neutral site games, those marquee matchups early in the year. You have to have them. Otherwise, these people, these suits sitting in their meeting room trying to come up with who's better than who, there's no way to do it. And I, and I know I mentioned them before, but it's also a really good way to kill Miami of Ohio, too, when you don't give them bye games and, and that type of thing. I know that's a, a lesser scale, but um, I, I just, from college football's sake, I highly doubt there's uh, much thought process into just playing conference games. Just play a full schedule in the spring. The spring will be fun. But then you got experts coming out, and here's the thing. I'm a very moderate person, Okay. I don't want to get into politics, but I'm a very moderate person. And I'm not one to criticize experts at all. But it feels like every outlet out there that's reporting on the virus is just going and trying to find another expert to give out the worst possible outcome as far as when sports will return. I'm not talking about Mm. anything else, just sports. And I see one on Tuesday that no fans in athletic venues until 2022. Come on. Or fall of 2021. You have to consider as well that we're going to continue these drastic measures. Get a vaccine. Are you taking into account those things? Because if you're not, I mean, of course, 2021, 2022, these question, measures aren't going to stop. And I know what Donald Trump is saying, but this thing ain't opening up in May, on May 1st. It's just not. For the love of God, what does it look like if we, if we don't continue to do those things? I mean, you're going to tell me we can't go back for five years? We're going to go back. If we're yeah. all responsible yeah. and do our part... We will get back sooner than later. South Korea and the United States each got their first case of coronavirus on the same day. South Korea tested everybody, put everybody in self-isolation, isolated the hot spots, all that stuff. They are already back to normal, semi-normal now. We're still doing this. If it comes back strongly in the fall, South Korea will be better prepared than we are. This cannot go on for eternity. But we got to do our part. And if you want sports back, which is all I want to talk about with this stuff, 
I've been watching old Braves games every night. I got to have my sports back. If you want your sports back like me, stay at home. Do what you got to do. Because then we'll be able to go back to Ole Miss games. I said to somebody yesterday, I just want to go do my job. I keep thinking about it, man. I would take an Arkansas Pine Bluff baseball game at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be lit. <laughs> I mean, I would that take right that. They start the SEC tournament tomorrow. You driving to Birmingham with a smile on your face. A hundred percent. I'm flooring it. I'm flooring it to get. I want to be one of the first ones in the press box. I want a good seat. <laughs> and if you ever been to the Hoover Met, the press box is wide open, but it's very small. Select yep. few seats. I would get my ass up there hours in advance, pop myself in the very middle of that press box and just enjoy the scenery and the games and the atmosphere, everything. Everything. <laughs> I would even be happy to hear from the Vandy Whistler. Oh, no, easy now. Chill out. I'm being honest. This no, is the uh, apocalypse, man. <laughs> the Vandy Whistler would be like Gabriel playing his trumpet. <laughs> I would give anything for it. I can't do this anymore. Everybody just stay at home. I want my sports back. This isn't a partisan thing. Sports aren't partisan. Stay at no. home so we can get sports back. <laughs> Have something to do. Oh, my God. Give me something to talk about. But there's been some news for Ole Miss because of the offers and basketball, but not games. I'm with you there, but, you know, that's going to tie off in like a month in June or so. What in the world are we going to talk about? I have no idea. <laughs> All I'm saying is we need sports back, but when they do come back, there's no way it's without fans. Maybe in California, New York, where they're the biggest hot spots for it. I get that. And it is a state thing. It's a state-by-state state thing. They have to determine what's right for their state. But we got Tate Reeves making decisions. Yeah. No comment. I mean, I'll comment. Tate Reeves sucks. I get paid by a state, so I'm not going to comment. Okay. Tate Reeves <laughs> sucks. So now we got him deciding whether or not we're going to reopen, and whenever we do reopen, I just want to get the sports back. But when they do come back... It can't be without fans unless you are a real hot spot like a California. These colleges are going to get their money. I had my dad asking me yesterday, okay, if they don't play in the fall, am I going to get my season ticket money back? No, because they're going to play a season. But they're yeah, not going to play in the yeah. fall. It doesn't matter, Dad. They're going to play in January or February. But they're not going to play in the fall. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they Your season tickets are going to apply because they're going to play a season. Now, the thing you get into if you play it in February, all right, we're playing February to May. And so what are we doing with NFL draft, NFL combine? And then we're going to end in May and then start back in August. Like, no, I that's, don't know. that's the thing. I don't understand how you do it. That's yeah. the whole problem with spring football. If you're college football, there's no way you could end the season in May, June, then turn around and start back again in August. There's just no way to do it. Let's say this. Let's say they do end in May and June. When is the earliest you could start it back? October. Okay. Well, if you do that, you can just get on a scale where you get it back into August and September. Okay, that's fine. Right? Actually, you would have to yeah. follow college basketball. College basketball starts officially in November and goes all the way to March. If you started in January, which might still be a little too early, but if you could, if you could start it in January and finish early April, mm -hmm. you're still kind of on the same timeline as college basketball. College basketball opens official practices in October. Right. So then you're starting to move it back towards the fall. It's a multi-year process, but yeah. you could open practices in October, start the season in November, which is still earlier than you did before, two months earlier, but the recovery and getting on a schedule for strength and conditioning and all that stuff. Spring practices are over. 
<laughs> I don't know how long they'll be gone. I hope they're gone forever because they're useless, but they're going to be gone. I don't want to dive too much into this, but I feel like the way we do a lot of things is about to change. I think businesses and all, everything is figured out, oh, th- there's no reason to have to work from an office most See, that's of the, the time. thing that I keep coming back to, too. My first job was a terrible job. Good people, terrible job. Well, mostly good people. One person was terrible, but good people for the <laughs> most part. I worked in the Sun Belt Conference offices, wearing a suit every day, doing work, and God bless the Sun Belt, but doing work that no one cared about. Spending as much time as I could on a great feature on two twins who played for Denver women's soccer. Ain't nobody but their families reading that. I'm just being honest. (laughs) And it was so defeating. Why am I doing this? Why am I dressing up in a suit, having to do all this hard work in an office? There's no real reason for me to be in an office. This whole idea that we have to get up, get dressed, and go to a physical office, that's some 1950s stuff. You don't have to do that more with the advent of the internet and Zoom calls. So I think you're absolutely right. Universities and classes will be one of the very last things to come back, if they ever come back at all. I just kind of think, like, I worked for a newspaper for my first two years out of college. I'm like, why do I have to come in here? Like, I can can do all of this at home. Exactly. Most of this can just be online. And you can cost control it. You're going to lose a lot of jobs, but also you're going to open up a lot of jobs, too. Like, if you're right now in school to be computer tech man you could be making bank soon yep but going to a physical place to learn to work outside of manufacturing you got to go unless it's automated but yeah i think a lot of that's going to change it's going to change that with football too to where spring football practice is going to be gone they're never coming back if you made me guess right now and they shouldn't come back they're useless and what will replace them is what lane kiffin mentioned Last month, whenever it was, a college football type OTAs that mirror the NFL's version. Let me ask this real quick. I just thought about, all right, let's just pretend college football does happen in January, February. Did they just run the baseball season concurrently to it? And yeah, play of course baseball? you do. It's going to be well, awesome. But, okay, we're going to play college baseball games on Saturdays with a college football game? Like, I don't know if you can staff that. Hell Yeah. <laughs> What will probably happen is college baseball, wouldn't you kind of want to do Thursday, Friday, off Saturday, then play on Sunday? Yeah, no, that would be very smart. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, Now, I don't know if uh, college administrators and the NCAA administrators are smart enough to do that. That would make some sense because you've seen that. Okay, for example, Easter weekend. Now, Ole Miss typically plays Friday, Saturday, Sunday Mm -hmm. weekend series. Easter rolls around. They're going to Mississippi State. They're playing when? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So there's no rhyme or reason to say it's an arbitrary schedule. You don't have to play on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can play sure. whatever you want them to play. And actually an off day between games and a series would be kind of good. Yeah, Major uh, League Baseball play, does it on opening day. No, I think that actually is a good idea. Um, play, play college baseball on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And that way you have uh, you know Saturday off for football. And I feel like you would, you'd still get really big crowds on Friday nights. Oh, of course you would. You get bigger crowds on Friday night because then people are coming in for home football games. Right. They'd make a whole Ole Miss weekend out of it. So think about that. The spring, you have already baseball and basketball going up against each other. College. I'm just speaking of college, not professional stuff, which will also be involved in this. But let's just stick with college. Right. You have a spring with college football, college baseball, college basketball. That would be dope. Why would it be dope? Because right now it'd be the complete opposite of what we're dealing with now. We've got nothing. 
nothing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, January rolls around. And I then, boom, all... you're given everything. Yeah, I think we all agree that, you know, it's probably best to just play the football game, you know, by itself on a Saturday. But I don't trust people to make decisions, uh, especially competent ones. Um, so I can't wait for an Ole Miss triple header with basketball, baseball and football. On Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait for them to completely ruin college baseball. You know, I was getting excited for a moment, having one of those very few moments in quarantine where I was getting excited. And then Colin, nah, here's the <laughs> cold water all over that, man. I'm just saying, man, I don't trust people. Holy cow. I'm sorry. Just when I get my hopes up. Oh, I, I, you know, I'll be honest here. If they play a triple header, I don't think baseball is the one with the least amount of attendance. No, it's basketball. Yeah. Yeah. At Ole Miss, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just at Ole Miss, but yes. But Kermit's doing a lot of good work right now. Absolutely. I don't get how the math is working, but he's doing good work. I mean, it all sounds good. I just don't know how the math's going to work. I don't know. We'll see. It, it always works, though. Which one of these additions? Now, we don't know if they're going to get Landers Nolly or if Marcus Snyblack is going to qualify. Who do you like the most? I like the uh, – and I get them confused. I'm pretty sure it's Demencio Vaughn out yeah. of Ryder. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. I think he's the instant impact guy. I think the biggest impact next year, if you want Ole Miss to get back to the NCAA tournament, comes from a returning player getting better. Okay. So not Jarko Joyner. Well, he's a returning player getting better. Okay. Well, I, I just didn't know if we considered what we considered him. It'd be kind play. of perfect if Austin Crowley took a star turn. That would help. Yeah. Have that happen. Stop that talking about who else you could get. You need your returning guys to be better. Yeah. Sammy Hunter needs to, you know, play well next I'm year. I'm worried about him. Yeah. This is the worst thing. It's the worst thing that could happen to anybody, but it's just specifically sure. focusing on sports. It's the worst thing that could happen to Sammy Hunter. For him to go back home to the Bahamas with no accountability. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And these kids yeah. don't have to do anything. They're not required yeah. by their schools to do anything. Now, they'll pay for it when they show back up. But oh, yeah. yeah. If you're Sean Robinson, if you ain't working out, trying to get bigger, faster, stronger, specifically getting bigger, and you come back out of shit, yeah, man, you're cut in the spring. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like that with everybody. Well, outside of like Blake Kinson and K.J. Buffett because they're upperclassmen. If you're an underclassman and you report back, it's Austin Crowley too, Sammy Hunter. If you report back completely out of shape, can't do nothing, provide no impact next year, Franco Miller entered the portal. They loved Franco Miller when they signed him. Carlos Curry was always a project. But Franco Miller, they loved that kid when they signed him. Got him over Oklahoma, other schools. If you're one of these guys like Sammy Hunter, Austin Crowley, be in shape, be willing to work, make an impact. Because if you don't, I mean, Kermit's still recruiting right now, even though he knows he doesn't have the spots. I think he knows. He knows right yeah. now who's going to go because they have to add or subtract one more. They have to subtract one more. He knows who's going to go. Yeah, I, I just mean, wish he'd tell yeah. us. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think you can say in a press conference, "Hey, if I sign this kid, Bryce Williams won't be here." Really excited to be adding Robert Allen. Uh, we want to say goodbye to Dude Column. <laughs> I don't think that'd be the best idea. No, man. You look like the biggest dick. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes when you do. doesn't matter what you say as long as you leave a five-star review. Also available on SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Subscribe right now today to the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Got deals going all throughout April, May, June. No better time to sign up for the Ole Miss Spirit. We're still going. We're still working. Churning out stories. Go check it out. The Omaha Spirit, OmaSpirit.com. Thanks, bud. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I have no idea. No, figure it out, as always. All right.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.